We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. E. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Teacher Cast Podcast, coming to you live from the birthplace of Rocky Balboa in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with your host, Jeff Bradbury. All right, welcome to episode five of the Principal Cast Podcast, hosted by Teresa Stager. Dr. Spike Cook and myself, Jessica Johnson. Principal Cast is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. For more information, you can visit us at www.principalcast.com. There's many great ways that you can contact us. Um, you can email us at info at principalcast.com. You can follow the hashtag PrincipalCast on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at PrincipalCast. And you can find both of our audio and our video feeds on iTunes. And you can always follow us live at teachercast.tv, and you can chat in the chat box with us. So we're going to start out by talking about what's happening or what's been happening. Let's start out with you, Dr. Spike. Thanks, Jess. And all I have to say is welcome back, Teresa. We really missed you last week. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure. We are so excited <laughs> to have you, you back. <laughs> I'm so glad to be back. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> well, um... We just finished up Wellness Week at uh, at Bacon School, and uh, that was a a week long uh, process. We had uh, different events going on each day. It was uh, sort of a combination of our week of respect, our um, healthy wellness uh, for our school. So we had a lot of different things going on. We had um, you know each day everybody dressed up in a different color, and that all symbolized uh, something. And then we had a awesome culminating activity at the end of the week which I'll I'll get into later but we put that up on our blog so it was just a really cool week uh, at my school getting a lot of um, you know getting school spirit going that's awesome love school spirit how about you uh, Teresa um, <laughs> I am uh, in the <laughs> I'm, I'm finally getting getting sucked into the first year principal Thing. I think I was going on. Um, I think I was going on adrenaline until now. And uh, yesterday, I posted a I posted a comment on Twitter that I slept most of the day yesterday. And then I woke up because uh, I had a huge migraine in the morning. And then I woke up and then I slept the rest of the day. So, um, <laughs> for my personal life, that's about it. But we uh, for school, we're still in the middle of standardized testing. We just finished our first week. We're getting into our second week. And uh, I'm getting ready for iPad deployment. We've got uh, we have a, a group that's starting in October, and then the rest of them are starting in January. And the group that's starting in October will be starting after our standardized testing is done next week. So we're getting ready for a visit by the superintendent, and then uh, 
that's it. Just <laughs> just chugging along. You're in survival mode. I'm in survival mode. Now, I think, <laughs> Michigan, you must be the only state in addition to Wisconsin that tests in the fall because we test in a few weeks here, too. Yeah, really I think odd. so. And, you know, we do have... Um, we do have some, um, we, we take the Iowa tests because we're a, a parochial school. We don't take the MEEP, the Michigan Educational Assessment Program tests, but we still test in the fall. And the, the great thing about the Iowa test is when, when the tests are graded, they're graded based on a group of students who took the test at the same time that your kids took the test. So our kids are taking the test the second week of October, and when the grades come back and the um, Every, everything else that's going on comes back. It's all based on kids around the country who have taken the same test at the same time in the same grade. So it doesn't hurt us at all to take the test in the fall. If anything, it's it's kind of nice to get them out of the way. Yeah. But yeah, we do take them in the fall. Okay, cool. Well, I have been working really hard to beat level 200 on Candy Crush, and I finally did it today, so I'm really happy. <laughs> okay, that's my mental release during the weekend. Um, but for real, um, you know, Teresa, being a first-year principal isn't the only reason to, like, be in survival mode. I don't even remember what happened last week. Um, but this weekend, I've been getting ready for um, sharing... Um, uh, a session with my teachers on ha setting up a class Facebook page. So oh, okay. um, I will share out, um, they're not complete yet for this, but I'll share out in the, the show notes and on Twitter for everybody um, a handout that Great. I'm working on and then um, some presentation slides uh, for that. I'll tweet them out right now, Jess. Ooh, perfect. There's the multitasker there. That's awesome. <laughs> That's right. All right, so um, one of our major things to talk about tonight, a question from the newbie, Teresa. Oh, um, yes. Actually, Spike and I think came up with, with your question. You did, but you, yeah. did, but you know what? But Jess and I have been talking about this for weeks. We've been, we've been voxing about this back and forth, and Spike, you've been in on it too a bit. So this is something that we've been discussing within our own little group um, for the last few weeks, but it's definitely something as a new, a new administrator is – huge on my plate right now so this is a great great thing to be discussing yeah so just in general we're talking about observations um, but I wonder if you have any questions first of all Teresa or just <laughs> in general what do we do Where to or? Start? I think you know I I remember you know being a teacher and being on the other side of it of observations and I get you know the formal observations but what I'm looking for in at least for me in our archdiocese, like I said, we don't have a district, we have the archdiocese, we don't have a form that we are supposed to use. When I was teaching, we did, but we don't here. And they said, well, you can just make up your own. So I guess I'm looking for, what. and Jess, you sent me a couple things that were great, and I've, I've pulled so many things off of off of um, online, I've, I found some Google Docs that were created, Google Forms that were created, but I think really what I'm looking for, and I don't know what this relates to the to everybody out there, but what do you what do you physically put in your evaluations? I mean, what are the what are the things that you're checking off? If I had to create a form from scratch, what would you have on there? That's a great question. I. I uh... You know, because we use standardized forms. Uh, New Jersey right. just went to a new evaluation system this year. Um, we there's been a few districts that have been piling over the last couple of years. So, for instance, we went with McCrell, um, which is very similar to our walkthrough um, form that we use. So both of them are standardized, uh, and there's pros and cons with that because one of the things that uh, that I'm struggling for is that we have a rubric that is literally five standards, and there's substandards within each of those standards so um, we have a lot of things that we're looking at and for somebody who's been teaching five or more years they only get three 20-minute observations so in that 20 minutes it's really difficult to um, you know kind of put all this together where we're looking at you know everything from their ethical behavior their uh, professional development and even going as far as looking at um, you know how students are learning and differentiating instruction 
all within 20 minutes. I mean, literally for me, the post conferences are taking longer than the actual observations. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. and, and, and things just aren't, in my opinion, they just aren't matching up. So there, there's a lot of things that we have to go through and standardize as a district. Um, that's with the formal observations. Then with the, um, the walkthroughs, in our district we're required to do 10 walkthroughs a week and we have to get 30 walkthroughs per teacher uh, by the end of the year. Wow. Which is the concept is to build the mosaic to see exactly what's going on in the classroom. You see it in these little little snippets, and that's all you know using a handheld device like an iPod or an iPad or an iPhone. And um, once again, we use the McCrell wa uh, Power Walkthrough System. So it's basically a checklist. The formal observation has become somewhat of a checklist as well. I mean, most of it is a rubric, you know, there because when I used to do observations with our former. Um, tool I, I used I, I probably typed for 35 minutes straight you know just trying to capture everything right. uh, almost like a court stenographer and uh, with this new system you don't really have to do that it's it's more of a, a rubric base so like I said there's pros and cons to that I'm curious to see what Jessica has to say because what I've been struggling with is where does the coaching come into this you know utilizing the um, the coaching hat, you know, how to help people get better. You know what, Spike, before you, um, before you, we jump to Jess, the McCrell system, is that something, is that a subscribed service? Is that something you guys created? Oh, no, that's something that we subscribe to, yeah. It's like, okay. th it's through uh, McCrell who does like, you know, classroom instruction that works, technology uh, that works, they're out of Denver. Um, so the, we, our state had the opportunity to, you had to pick, um, I think there was four or five um, companies that, that got the, um, the contract. One was Marzano, okay. which is like Marzano used to work for McCrell. He has his own right. thing now. And then there's this, uh, I forget what the first name is, but the last name is Strong. And then there's Danielson's model. And I think there's another one, but I'm not exactly sure. So, okay. um, but they all seem to have very similar... Um, yeah, there's Marzano's you know, another one. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's there's they seem to be similar in what they're looking for and how they're looking for it. Um, well, and I would recommend Teresa starting with whatever your I'm sure you have teacher standards. We what have state call? standards. Yeah, I mean state standards for the teachers. Right, we do. Yes. Um, because most of our forms are based off of what our teacher standards are. Oh, I mean, okay. What, when I'm in doing an observation, I'm, you know, typing in under each standard what I'm seeing that goes along with that standard. Okay. So, Jess, are you looking, um, I guess my question for you, taking this a step further, is do you have a, um, like a standard form from your district, or is it from like an outside company? Yeah, we, we use the model that was developed with, with Dr. Strong, um, from, he's actually from the East Coast, but it's um, the model that our district has adopted and many, many other um, districts in our state have gone with that. So there are forms that we do have to use for both okay. formal and informal walkthroughs, but I get into classrooms far more than that because our requirements are only two formals and two informals. So um, in addition to that, I, I just email or, or give um, narrative feedback in, in person. Um, yeah. So I can't really help you with the form there. I actually hate forms. I don't like checklists or anything like that um, just because I personally don't like having that, I don't know, bean counter mentality of, you know, checking off that they've done this or that or missed that because your great teachers, would, if you leave their room after eight minutes, they're going to say, oh, well, you didn't check that off, but I did it like two minutes after you left. You just didn't right. see it long enough. And so that's, I've just, personally, I can't, I can't handle the checklist. Okay. You know, that's interesting because um, I was having this discussion with a few people this week, you know, as we struggle with this new evaluation tool, and you almost get to a point where you want to say, you know, maybe we, you know, uh, split the teachers into a couple different categories, like, you know, like they're secure or they're 
I don't know, on watch or something like that. Like the ones who are your great teachers, the ones that uh, consistently go above and beyond, you're, you're exactly right. Like what's a rubric really going to do for them? You know, they're always going to be striving to be distinguished or go, you know, whatever the highest is on your rubric. So they're always looking for improvement. So the, the fact that they almost like supersede the, um, the rubric, they want feedback more from the, per, the person. I don't know if you found that to be true. And then those who, you know, you may have to, you know, if you, if you have some concerns about them and their teaching, that's where I think the rubric comes into place because then it is a standardized uh, form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am um, just some other tips that's not necessarily like on the actual form, Teresa, but I just mm -hmm. shared out um, a blog post I wrote back in July on tips for formal observations. Um, and this won't help you right now in this moment because it's after the fact, but before the school year starts, I create a schedule for the whole year already so I can space out, you know, during this month I'm going to observe formally, you know, these people, the next right. month these people, and I share that with teachers at the beginning um, because then if I get busy and I forget, usually they'll remind me like, oh, you haven't observed me yet this month. Um, so that helps me um, kind of keep track. Okay. Um, and then I do also, I, I keep that in my tickler file, so I pull that out, you know, every few weeks. And I right. do send out a reminder email at the beginning of the month of, um, you know, just a reminder you're up for your formal observation this month. Um, I ask them to schedule that either with me or they go right to my secretary. Um, and as we're scheduling the observation, I schedule, the, in the same time, I schedule the pre-observation um, conference and then the post-observation conference. And I try right. to schedule that post-observation meeting on the same day if possible. Oh, okay. Um, I used to wait until I got everything typed up, and which would take days or a week. Um, right. And then by that time, like, it's not fresh in our minds anymore. And it's kind of like, what's the point of meeting a whole week later yeah. when you, on what you observed? So I try to meet as soon as possible afterwards, and I don't have the paperwork all done yet, um, but the conversation really leads into more of what I need to complete on the form. Um, and really, I just, I really make it a point to make the conversation more important to me than than completing the paperwork. Okay. Jessica, that's really good. I mean, I just started doing some of that this year and I found that it was really helpful like cuz with uh, with me I have 30 teachers that have to be observed at least, you know, 3 times uh, a year. So you're talking about 90 observations and I can't literally do all those myself. So I have different supervisors that are helping me. So I made a matrix, you know, and I uh, sent it out to everybody and it was really helpful for them to see like what cycle we just split it into three different cycles and then at least they knew what was happening and then same thing that Jess said is we set up the pre the conference but we didn't set up the post conference and I think that's really good that you do that right on the same day because there's really nothing that's stopping me from doing that other right. than just trying to quote unquote get myself together but um I think you're exactly right though Jess the the notes that I do type to myself can be shared the conversation can happen and then I could always email them and say you know here's here's the uh, evaluation you know results and then you know have that that conversation if they needed it so I like I like that Jess yeah and I just I, that took me until my fifth year to figure that out I just started doing that last year um, and are you doing all your uh, observations yourself, or do you have anybody else? Nope, it's me. I'm a one-man show, just like you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can say that I do have help from my supervisors. How about you, oh, Teresa? Okay. Do you, are you doing all your observations yourself? Yeah, it's just me, but I don't have 35 teachers. I There are 11 in my building, um, plus a few, um, you know, a few... Um, you know, help, teachers who are helping out and, and whatnot, but it's a it's a smaller amount, but yes, it's just me. Um, you know what I do? I do have to take that back. My special ed director does do half of the observations, so on a special ed oh, teacher, nice. I will do one, and she does the other. Okay. And that really is because I'm a little territorial of my staff, and I still want to observe them. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that does, uh, I, I think it helps to have other people come in, um, but it's, it still, I think, relies back on the principal, because especially when you look at you know, the way the observations framed and then who does the, you know, annual performance review, I think a lot of it does come back on the principal. Absolutely. But on top of that, I have probably another 20 or so uh, aid, uh, you know, teacher aides, secretaries, um, you know, all different support type of staff that I have to do. Um, 
So I, I'm going to have a very busy year this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have, do you observe everybody as well, Jess and Teresa, like as far as secretaries and... Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. And that one is hard, like observing the support staff. I, I don't know why I find that to be more challenging for me than the teachers, um, just because... I don't know. Their, you know, their roles are all so different. Yeah, and it's not a job that we do, so mm-hmm. it's hard to, or that we've done. So it's kind of hard to to go in and say, "This is what we should be doing." Mm-hmm. Um, I do. <laughs> sorry, um, I do have. Um, I had a one of our. Okay, so when I got into this position that I'm in, we had. I have four new teachers out of ten or eleven, and the four that they're replacing had all retired. One of the teachers who retired had been in our school for a very, very long time, and I brought her back um, to do some informal observations in the classrooms just to help the teachers with the community of the school, with the feeling of, um, you know, she, she knows much more than I do the feel of the school, what the, what the parents are looking for. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different in a private school than it is in a public school because there's, I think, more, I don't want to say there's more, that the parents are a bigger stakeholder, but it kind of feels that way sometimes. And so I brought her back to work with some of the newer teachers, and they've really appreciated that because there are insights that she can give them that I can't because she's been in the building for so long. So um, she's done that, and I had her come in before. I, I did an informal observation. And then, and I'm in and out of the classroom at least once a week, if not more. Um, and then she's come in once to work with them, and then I'll do their their first formal observation. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess you haven't said anything about this or asked this, but one question that I often get from principals on, um, you know, having a coaching mindset or how to give feedback if you've never mm-hmm. um, taught that grade level or taught that um, content or you know, maybe you're an elementary teacher and now you're principal at a high school. Right. I always, I always um, tell this story that um, I somebody challenged me on this, and I went to a high school German class. I observed German three, where they spoke all German the entire class period. So I had no idea what was being said, but I could observe every single teaching standard in there, other than the actual content, because they, I don't know, they could have been saying that I looked stupid that day. Who knows what they were saying? But I could observe everything else. Um, and if you really think about it, e- even if you don't know the content, you can get classroom management, you can get procedures, you can get how they're engaging students, you can see you know, what stu- work indep- students are doing independently, you can see everything. Um, and I just think of it as asking them questions to find out the things that they're doing, even if I don't really have, um, the, I don't, I'm not an expert in their area. Mm-hmm. Good, good coaches ask good questions and get the teachers reflecting. And Jess, I like how in your post you you set up the pre-conference. We used to have a form, and then with our new evaluation system, ironically, we don't have a form. So it's more of a discussion, which is okay. I'm hey, less paperwork. I'm 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 okay with that. Um, But what I you know, I think you have six six items here. You know, basically, you know, what are the objectives? You know. Describe the population. Um, what what am I going to see? You know, how will student performance be, obs- uh, you know, observed? Is there anything, you know, specific that you want to receive feedback on? So I really like that. And how do you feel that your teachers, um, you know, communicate with you? Do do they give you uh, what you're looking for in the in the? Um, yeah. Well, and I had used a form very similar to this for many years that I had created. Um, and w- with our new form, um, we just changed some of the questions, so it's still kind of what they were used to. Um, and and they do they they completely fill it out. Um, they and and it's not always filled out before we meet. It is a form that they have to in our system complete eventually. Um, the biggest thing I really look at is what what do they want me to give them um, specific feedback on. You know, sometimes they'll say, you know, am I calling on more boys than girls, or am I getting around to all of the students, or, you know, this student is really got some behavior issues. Do you have any suggestions on how to handle this? Um, so I, I get more out of that. Um, in terms of, like, the one question that I even hate that's in there, I've described the population of your class, and 
I already know all their classes. I've already mm -hmm. been in there most of the time. So right. that's kind of a silly question to have in there, but yeah. Well, I mean, I think you know when you're looking at um, maybe some of the specifics, you know, and and I'm sure all three of us are in classrooms as much as we can, but mm -hmm. you know, you know, just to know the specifics about about what you're you know, what the class is. I think it's an important, you know, definitely important uh, conversation. So, um, but I notice on here that you don't have anything on the po post-conference. Oh, I don't. Really? Yeah. What do you do at the post-conference? <laughs> um, in the post-conference, <laughs> you just yeah, let them what go. There? Nothing. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> um, uh, you know, oh, actually, really... now I see a part two to this um, post. Oh, good idea. Good idea. Now I've got a blogging assignment. Um, I really use the ORID framework, um, and I can share that out too, of questions um, and just asking reflective questions. And, you know, more often than not, it's what went well, what, what didn't, or is there something that you felt... <clears throat> didn't go well or you'd like to do differently. Um, but I really, I use those ORID questions based on where the teacher is at. Um, you know, do they need to be reflecting on something? Are they, based on something that they want to change, is there a decisional question to help ask them? Um, and, and more of the conversation, I try to have them do more of the talking. Me doing 20%, them doing 80% of the talking. I'm just asking questions. Okay. Yeah, I'd love for you to uh, send that out because uh, that's like once again, like we don't have a a post conference form. We used to have that, um, but I'm finding that you know reviewing the just reviewing the the uh, the rubric has been taking a long time and it and has a lot of um, you know a lot of opportunity for conversation. Yeah. So how about when observations don't go well? You know, um, I've, well, first of all, one is when you know it's somebody who is, is just not going well, I, I've said before, like, oh, that didn't go so well. Let's, I'll come back another day. Um, or it, if it's somebody who you know has been struggling, that's where this process comes in to help give teachers support or, unfortunately, helping you do, you know, the documentation that you need to do. Uh, to make some difficult decisions. Yeah, I. Um, what do you think about that, Teresa? I know that you're, you know, just getting started out. But do you anticipate maybe having some observations that may not go well? I, I hope not. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's always it, if there was anything I learned doing my uh, my internship, my administrative internship, it's that you have to have as much documentation as possible when doing anything because. Should there be a time where, you know, it's it's a little bit, I don't want to say easier, but it's not as difficult um, if there is a difficult decision to be made because we don't have a union. There's not, uh, you know, it's, it's our, our employees are at-will employees. So, you know, as long as you've got, as long as you've got ample documentation um, and, and, you know, observations that show that show, um, you know, a reason that a difficult decision would have to be made. Then, yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the one of the, I think the backdrop of this discussion is the how do we how do we do this in the 21st century? You know, so it's you know we're we're continuing on with Connected Educator Month, and right. you know we're always taught to you know think outside the box, challenge the process, question you know what we're doing, and you know, basically for all intents and purposes, are we doing the same thing the principals have doing for the last hundred years? And I I wondered where everyone stood on you know now that we know you know, where we are within the 21st century, you know, are these still viable and should we be looking at different ways of doing it? Mm -hmm. Well, I, uh, I have many, many thoughts and I'm not even sure where to start. <laughs> I, you know, I think in the school that we grew up in, um, teachers stayed forever. Nobody ever was let go or, uh, teachers didn't improve. I can think of my social studies teacher used the same data worksheets that my mom had when she yeah. was with it. My mom was not a young mom. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I 
if there is poor teaching going on, I do do my job to help improve it. Um, but I um, and I don't want to sound like some principal on the dark side that I'm going to get rid of teachers. I've actually found the process to help teachers really improve. You know, even though it there were some difficult conversations and an improvement plan, and um, still seeing teachers improving. And a book that comes to mind right now is um, uh, "Never Underestimate Your Teachers" by Robin Jackson. Um, and just some really great stuff on there on, and I'm trying to think of the quote, but it, it's something like, um, you're only as, your school is only as good as, I don't know, your worst teacher or something. And what's even more yeah, important yeah. is your prince, as a principal, um, you're only as good as how you handle your worst teacher. Okay. I probably botched the quote, but. You know, it, it, it's our job to help give those teachers support, help give them the specific feedback that they need to improve, give them opportunities to improve. So do you think that we're, you know, we're just continuing the following in the footsteps of our, um, you know, the, uh, the people who, the principals that came before us, or are we, cha are we changing anything? I would say we're changing things. Principals I grew up with were never in classrooms. I agree. That's true. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think that's a big part of it. Uh, our presence, you know, in the classroom. Um, I think I heard a stat uh, at one of the workshops I went to. They did some research in New Jersey, and they found that about 35% of all observations were done from the principal's office. And um, we were in a, an administrative meeting uh, not too long ago where a supervisor said, "I've talked to five people." You know, and I've, they said that they haven't even had an APR in the last five years, like an annual performance review. So, you know, I, I look at that kind of stuff and I think, wow, you know, there there are things that we have to do, whether the paperwork and, you know, I think I just did a, a blog on this called, you know, why we need to sweat the small stuff. And, and I think we have to, to, to have something on record, you know, as far as these evaluations. I was hoping that by splitting them up and having several more that we would be seeing more of the teachers uh, because honestly like the the amount of walkthroughs I do is very high but they're non evaluative so we have a really good trust and relationship mm -hmm. with the teachers that we're just looking for classroom strategies at work mm -hmm. so we have to be very careful when we when we start to take a look at well yeah we're in there a lot but we're in there um, you know, under the right purposes. So, I mean, I just think, and I think that we utilize the technology, which really helps. You know, I'm sure you guys are on your laptops or your iPads, or you mm -hmm. know, um, I even did. Uh, I tried to do one observation on my iPhone. You know, just to, <laughs> you know, try to, you know, model the, fun. yeah, <laughs> model the, uh, you know, the, the technology that we're looking for, but. Um, you know, I, I don't think that they're archaic. I don't, I don't want you to get that. I was just asking those questions to kind of elicit discussion. But I do I do like that uh, we are looking at things a little bit differently. Um, now, Teresa, when you say that you have, like, at-will employees, does that mean that, like, at any time you can just say thank you and, and send them on their way? Yeah, I mean, it. it yes. Yes. But, um, you know... Obviously, you would have to have a reason why they were let go, but it it is. It's like it's like um, you know they're on one year contracts, but they're still even in their contracts they're at will employees, and I am too. So, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, real quick, I was looking through Twitter and uh, Cyberry Man sent us. Um, yes. Uh, something He's got a list for everything, and I don't know why. He, I know that he <laughs> has a he has a, a list on observations, walkthroughs, learning walks, uh, instructional rounds, and walkabouts. So I um I just retweeted that out, but I just wanted to thank Jerry for uh, chiming yeah. in with that. So he has all different kinds of things: tips on peer observations, classroom observation protocols, um, what are we looking for. Uh, so many different things that are going on. So um, I like uh, the fact that he he sent that out to us. And you know what? I tweeted out um, the the links for the Facebook um, presentation I'm working on, and then he shared. He tweeted back. I'm going to add this to my Facebook page for. I'm like, why did I check Cyberry Man for resources? <laughs> I know. Like, we should have looked there first. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I always forget. Ugh. I know. 
I know uh, we did have Craig Yen is on is in the chat room, and uh, he says his he's got a question which is a good one to think about. Um, let me see. Hold on. Oh, oh <laughs> he yeah, also says yeah, that Cyberry Man should be that should be our first location whenever doing I know, anything. Oh, I know. He I know. said, um, "Why are principals so much more prevalent in classrooms nowadays rather than previously? Do you think it's because of accountability?" Oh well, sure, but it, it's good. It's we're we're getting the focus on student learning, not I taught it and they didn't learn it. We're we're leading the way and making sure that teachers are focusing on learning and. Um, times are, are are different than they used to be. Yeah, I I wonder which accountability he's looking for because you know what if you think about it, was there a concern about administrators and their ability to uh, do observations, make it instructional based, and um, and and I've talked with a with a few administrators at least in my district to say, well, you know. We all went to graduate school, but we didn't all necessarily pick up on the same things. So now, you know, you're almost legislated to do your walkthroughs, um, look at things in an instructional way to make sure that this is happening. So I think it goes. I think it goes both ways. You know that that there's there's a higher level of accountability for us as administrators, as there should be. And and Absolutely. I would say too, you know, to teachers, would you really only want your principal in for that formal walk, that formal observation? Because what no. if it bombs and that's yeah. it? There's your observation. You're you're out of luck. Yeah. Good luck. There it is in your record. Okay. And, and then Craig just asked, can a good principal be one who was never in the classroom? Is there an observation course within graduate school to be able to lead or manage staff? That's a good question, Craig. And I've actually, um, again, I go back to. Um, well, I don't know. I know a counselor who is a great principal. He he wasn't a teacher, but he, um, but again, he looks at his job as being a, a coach and leading with a coaching hat and asking teachers. And you know, you learn from your teachers in your building who you can see who are the best teachers who are having making the greatest impact on their students and learn from the strategies that they're using and be able to share those strategies with the rest of your teachers as well. Yeah, and I think that goes along like what we talked with uh, Teresa about, you know, from her coming from the music um, end of things and being able to get into administration. Uh, it's not that she can't, you know, observe, you know, math and language arts. I think she, yeah. you know, I, I think, um, you know, but that's that's definitely a good question. Um, oh, and Jessica, earlier you were mentioned never underestimate your teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Excellent book. Chris Nessie uh, tweeted me on that. He's listening and. Um, Okay. So I just I just retweeted that out through Twitter just to let you know. Okay, great. All Perfect. right, so are we ready to move on from observations? Although I could talk about that forever. Well, uh, let me look at my rubric. I think yes, we covered everything. <laughs> you had a rubric for that chat. <laughs> I did. <laughs> what did we? That's score? a real administrator. On a, on That's a right. Scale of one to five of the rubric, where did we rate? <laughs> is um, one the highest or is five the highest? <laughs> That's a good question. All good questions. <laughs> He's not gonna answer. The an the answer lies within <laughs> <laughs> within our self evaluations. Yes. That's right, yeah. self evaluations. Yeah. There it we'll is. Reflect, we'll reflect on ourselves. Good All right. grief. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to something awesome. What do you oh, want to yes, share? Please. Awesome, Spike. <laughs> Start us out, Spike. Um, my guidance counselor did an awesome job this week at coordinating the uh, wellness week. I talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, each day the kids and the staff wore different colors that represented a different theme. And our culminating activity was an anti-bullying uh, presentation by my Muay Thai instructor, uh, Sensei John. And uh, we had a quick uh, video. We put that up on our RM Bacon Weekly blog. And it was really cool because um, one of the things like when I introduced him was that, you know, to the kids, you know, I was saying like he's my teacher and this this kid's probably, I don't know, 23, 24 years old, you know, but he's an amazing uh, kickboxer and um, jujitsu and, you know, karate instructor and, uh, but he's also a very positive person. So he had, you know, third through fifth graders captivated. He had the K to two. Uh, on the edge of their seat, you know, because he would throw in, you know, kicks and tricks and flips and stuff like that. But it was just really cool because it was like paying it forward, you know, like like I learned from him and then I wanted him to come to my school and, uh, you know, be able to teach our, our teachers and our students and everyone got a big kick out of it. No pun intended. <laughs> I caught that. Did you? 
So if you want to see the video, it is on www.rmbaconweekly.blogspot.com, and uh, there's some pictures in there as well. Everybody was wearing pink that day because that was the color on Friday. Awesome. Very cool. Nice. How about you, Teresa? Something awesome. This was something I obviously skipped in our, oh, <laughs> in okay. our list of, you know, here's, here's something awesome. Um, I had on Friday, um, I had two parents come into my office. Now, you know, mind you, this remembering this is my first year, and, and everyone's been very welcoming and very open and very um, complimentary, but I had two parents come into my office on Friday, both at different points during the day, tell me how awesome the teachers we have are and how they wanted to make sure that I knew that because they know that sometimes the principal only hears the bad stuff and that the principal needs to hear good things too. So then I, I asked them right away if, if maybe I was, I said, am I, am I looking like I need to hear some good news? <laughs> I'm starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. But it, that was really cool because, um, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with teacher observations and you're dealing with parents or you know, stakeholders who are concerned about, especially with Iowa tests and, and progress reports just came out and, you know, it, it with everything going on, it was nice to have some positive comments about how wonderful our staff is. So that was definitely something awesome. That is awesome. All right. Well, I want to share. Um, I didn't have anything until Melinda Miller tweeted out tonight. So thankfully for her, I can share this. Um, for Connected Educator Month, she put um, up a, a workroom in, or a bulletin board in her staff workroom that um, shows it says follow us on Twitter, um, and it has um, a schedule of chats. So she shows right there Sunday night at 7 p.m. is first chat, Monday night is math chat, Tuesday night is ed chat, um, and has a I'll. I'll tweet cool. this out to show oh, this. Oh yeah, I, I already that. did. I sent yeah. it out through the okay, principal. Okay, perfect. Cast. And then she, it has a cute. There's two QR codes. I'm not sure what they both are, but one of them is for um, a video showing how to join in on a chat or how to at least follow a chat. Um, so I think that's a really cool idea, and I'm totally gonna steal this. I steal a lot of things from Melinda, so why not? She's amazing. I was she actually amazing. gonna try and figure out how could I just print out her picture and just blow it up and put it on the bulletin board. <laughs> that would save me a there lot of time. There you go. <laughs> that would be something awesome. No, that is really cool. I'm looking at that right now, and it's just so uh, easy. And you know, it's obviously uh, you know, it's it's geared at those who probably aren't on Twitter, and yeah, uh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. All right. So moving on to keeping current, Spike, you had something that you recently read that you wanted to share. Yeah, and it'll lead into our uh, principles to follow. So basically, I'll, I'll just sort of combine this uh, for the sake of time. But I just read a um, a, a neat post by um, a principal that I just started following uh, from New York. Um, he is at John Felino one That's at uh, J-O-H-N-F-A-L-I-N-O-1. He's a high school principal in Dobbs Ferry, New York. And um, he went through and talked about, like, what are the most important aspects to being a principal and referred to a post that I, I wrote about, I don't know, one, like one of my earlier posts um, about what does a principal do all day when I had a conversation with my friend. We sit and drink <laughs> coffee, put our feet up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so he, uh, <laughs> it's a joke. Exactly, you know, that's what we do all day. <laughs> did, you, so, did you see, Spike, before you jump in there, did you see that, I think it was um, the National Association of Secondary School Administrators has, has every day, they have, they've asked students what a principal does all day? Yes, it's adorable. I think no, I didn't see is. that. Oh my gosh, is. I follow so them on funny. Facebook and every day it's some oh. kid's thing, like, yes. um, he sits at his desk and sings like just yeah. really funny. My dad uh, was asking me what a principal does all day, and so I keep tagging him in all of those because I'm like, Dad, look, this is what I do all day, and it's right. like it's like draw pictures of you know of the it, they're hysteri they're hysterical. If you haven't seen them, I'll try to find them and tweet it out. But oh my goodness! Uh, that's sorry, we so hijacked fun. your conversation. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. That's Back okay. to you. Back to you, Spike. <laughs> oh, thanks. So John goes over, um, 
he has a list of keeping you know your eye on the ball like obviously number one safety and security two building management three instructional leadership four getting inside the classroom and five focusing on students so um, so pretty cool I would uh, recommend everyone to take a look at that and like I said he is um, you know somebody who I am uh, you know now following on Twitter and learning from and I think um, you know if you got a chance uh, give him uh, Give him a follow and see what uh, see what he could teach us. Awesome, that's great. Okay, sorry, I'm legging my job here. All right, so now we're all the way to the end of um, principles to follow on Twitter, which you just did, Spike. Um, I am going to share. Um, let me pull it up here. Brad Gustafson from um, he is a principal in Minnesota and his Twitter um, handle is actually Gustafson Brad and I have to spell that out for you because I normally can't it's G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N Brad um, and he um, I've gotten to know him um, over the past six months he has been doing some really great things in his school he's a, a PLC school for one um, so I started having a conversation with him um, when I went to the PLC summit even though he wasn't there was just tweeting about PLCs um, he um, looking at his Twitter profile he is the world book talk co-creator I'm not even sure what that hashtag is but I love to read and I want to check that out um, and he um, is a collaborative with AR augmented reality and I, I do follow his blog and he's got some really cool um, tech things that he's posting about on there all right who are you sharing Teresa I am sharing um, at principal Durham it's Kenneth Durham he's in Sacramento California and uh, his blog is kdurham.com but he is um, he's just a really if nothing else he's a really fun person to just chat back and forth with but he has a ton of great ideas and he's always very receptive to conversation um, he's <laughs> uh oh Melinda's listening and she says oh geez did you call me grandma again <laughs> No, 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 not this tonight. time. <laughs> like I said, Kenneth is just a really great person to follow. He's super nice guy, ton of great information. So um, I've just tweeted out all of our follows for today. And so if you guys want to go ahead and retweet them, I follow. I tweeted them out on the Principal Cast uh, Twitter. Oh, I just did that too. Must have been right. working working the same time. Oh, that's funny. That's great. People are going to be confused now. Well, I think it's cool. I mean, I I, I think uh, it, yeah. it might be a bit random, and then people will start saying, "Wow, I I got a shout out tonight on." Uh, yeah. So that's I think that's pretty cool. Um, and I don't always. And the good thing is, like so far, like I think each week I've been able to follow somebody new that I wasn't following before. So yes. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Yes, and that's the one of the ultimate goals, of course, is to get everyone to follow someone who they haven't. Ben, in fact, if it wasn't for Jess, I wouldn't have met Dr. Spike Cook. And if it wasn't for yeah. Melinda Miller, I wouldn't have met Jessica. So nice. see how great it is that we can all, let's see if Melinda's still listening. Oh, and of course, and Jeff, and of course, Jeffrey Bradbury. Yeah. None of us would have <laughs> met Jeffrey Bradbury had we not. <laughs> Yeah. Jeffrey Bradbury at TeacherCast. Yeah. Twitter. Well, and, you know, this isn't a person to follow, but if you haven't already, I would encourage all principals to follow or join in on the CP chat on Wednesday night this week. Um, for Connected Educators Month, there's a scheduled chat every Wednesday. Um, and I was late last time because I am delayed in time zones, um, but it is at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm going to help co-moderate this week, and it is on getting recognition for informal PD, like connecting in online networks. Mm. So that should be an interesting topic. All Very right. Cool. Okay. Well, I think uh, we're okay. Wait. Hold on. You guys may have to. Uh, you guys may have to help on this one. Uh, Christopher Nessie put in um, in the chat TGFJB. Anybody? Thank goodness. For Jeff Bradbury. Oh, there you go. well done. Well, yeah, that done. is right. Wow, I am so proud of myself for figuring that out. <laughs> Thank God for Jeff Bradbury. Oh, and he typed in. Yes. Well done. Well played. Yes. No, we could um, not do this without Jeff Bradbury because our first podcast yeah. was just Teresa's face and 
a little bit of audio, I think. And it was frightening, <laughs> yes. It was very frightening. Uh, please subscribe to teachercast.com or das oh oh goodness, I'll start again. Please subscribe to teachercast.net slash YouTube for this and other great educational programming. We are two away from 500 subscriptions. Way to go, Jeff. That's fantastic. The edgy daddy. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, this has been a great chat. We'll have to figure out what we're going to talk about next week or try to get on somebody awesome to join us. I'm working yes, on, we've, we've working got on scheduling Todd Whitaker. We, yes, we have we have quite a list of, of possible topics, and I think we'll tweet out the Google Doc to have anyone out there add things That's that they want to help us talk about. Um, anyone who's looking to find the principal podcast hosts, um, Spike is at Dr. Spike Cook on Twitter and www.drspikecook.com. Jessica can be found at Principal J and PrincipalJ.net, and I can be found at Principal Stagger and principalstagger.blogspot.com. And we will go ahead and tweet out the Google Docs suggestion. And by that, we mean Teresa, because she can multitask, and I can't. That's right. I will do that, of course. <laughs> so I'll take care of that. Of course, thank you to Jeffrey Bradbury at TeacherCast uh, for being our man behind the man behind the screen. Um, and please click the banner to the right and join our broadcasting club on Google+. I didn't even know we had a broadcasting club. But that's fin Oh, now I see it. There it is. Stay updated with your professional development and click to subscribe to TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Community. Way to go. So um, thank you, everybody, and I hope everyone has a great week. Spike, enjoy your day off tomorrow for Columbus Day and Canadian Thanksgiving. All of the Canadians out there listening, happy Thanksgiving to you, and enjoy your, week, your uh, holiday. And don't forget, you could, you could follow us uh, at PrincipalCast on Twitter. Follow the hashtag PrincipalCast. Email us at info at principalcast.com and of course our website www.principalcast.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.